Enjoy! Hyvät naiset ja herrat! Viimeistä kertaa tähän erään! Kanadan kaksikko Montrealin mutapainijat! Desha Voodoo! Radio show on CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. 
And it's time now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, recorded live February 15th, 1989 in Helsinki, Finland. Deja Voodoo with Feed That Thing and Big Scary Daddy. Deja Voodoo. Today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with, from Chicago, Illinois, Willis Earl Beal, and from Brooklyn, New York, DJ Premier via Texas, DJ Premier, DJ Premier, and Willis Earl Beal on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. To prepare you for Willis Earl Beal, have something by Hazel Atkins, Chicken Walk, and then an interview with Willis Earl Beal on Denardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Sun and the Moon. You are Willis Earl Beale. Yes. Willis Earl Beale. It was an existential question. Yes, Willis Earl Beale. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, thank you for welcoming me to British Columbia, Canada. Uh, Canada. And Canada in Canada, B.J. Snowden. You're into B.J. Snowden, aren't you? I know B.J. Snowden. Me and her go way back. And her big hit is, of course, in Canada. Yes, yes, in Canada. When did you meet B.J. Snowden? I did not. That was a lie. Oh, okay. I just love her tune. But I do like her songs. Willis Earl Beal, on stage, you have a reel-to-reel. Could you describe your setup and tell people what is a reel-to-reel if they don't know what that is? Well, a reel-to-reel is uh, two wheels, and it plays a tape. And you hook it up over the PA, and it uh, sounds kind of fuzzy, and it's brown, and it's a box, and uh, kind of lights up a little bit, and it's an old-school machine. 
And what I was thinking, Willis Earl Beal, is what happens if it breaks? Well, uh, I don't know. Well, I have an answer for you right here. I have a gift for you to welcome you to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Willis Earl Beal, right here, a vintage Sony reel-to-reel. Holy fuck. And I really appreciate this, really. Oh, no problem. And it also has a whole bunch of nice little tidbits to go with it, including this mic that you can check. Oh, yeah, this is, this is a hell of a good gift. And, uh, thank you very much. And another thing that's really important, splicing tape. Splicing tape. Jesus, because yeah. Your music is on reel-to-reels, right, if people look at it. Yeah, yeah, it's on reel-to-reel. If they come and see you live. And what happens if the reel-to-reel breaks? Well, now you can splice it back together. Have you done any splicing? I haven't done any splicing, no. Actually, I don't have experience in splicing. I I use, like, boom boxes and karaoke machines, and I never was a technical wizard. I just did whatever I could. I got into the real, real, real machines with uh, my producer over there. Well, now you have the big reel-to-reel from the 60s, the Sonys, for you, Willis Earl Beal. Yes, sir. And I forgot to use your full name. Nardwar the Human Serviette. Human Serviette. And Willis, actually, you can put that down if you'd like for a moment there so you don't have to keep holding it. I like holding it. It's, yeah, I enjoy holding it. It's, it's a very good machine. Willis Earl Beal, when you were growing up, is it true that you used to make paper models of the Chicago Bulls? Holy fuck, you're giving me Dennis Rodman. I never had Dennis Rodman. I, I got Michael Jordan, but I do, yeah. What did you do back then? You made, like, paper models, and then you had them play against each other and keep stats and stuff? Yeah, I set them up. And uh, I would put them right, you know, I would set up the point guard, the power forward, the shooting guard. And, uh, yeah, I'd ball up a ball, put a hanger from an, uh, a raised up place. And I would play games and, and kind of guesstimate the stats. And I would have the stats in my head all day. How long did it take to make the dolls? Because you're really into art. Were you always into art? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was more regurgitation than uh, actual, like, uh, like, art. You know, I never cared about art. I just did it because... I was trying to be comfortable. And Derek Rose lives in your hood? He used to. He got out, though, and that was probably a good idea. Willis Earl Beal, you love sandwiches, don't you? I like sandwiches. I just said I like sandwiches for that interview, just trying to be weird. But I actually like sushi better than sandwiches. <laughs> I was thinking Italian beef sandwiches. What do you think about them? Oh, those are great. Those are great. Those are Chicago treasure. Now, speaking of Chicago and Chicago pizza, what about Reggio's? Have you been to Reggio's Pizza at all? People dig Reggio's, but I dig Uno's and Giordano's. I think Giordano's is a more, uh, a more good Chicago, more good. You can't say that. It's better. It's better. I'm very nervous. I've never been on TV. What about Italian Fiesta? I've never heard of that before. How about some other places? Tacos. You love the tacos, don't you, Willis or Obiel? I think I just about like everything except black licorice. What's the taco places? Pepe's? You heard of Pepe's and Flash Taco? Yeah, I heard of Pepe's and Flash Taco, but see, Pepe's is, is it's lame. Go to the taco trucks. Go to 43rd Street, where the, the, all the Mexicans are, and they, they you get tacos de chicharron, tacos de buche, that kind of shit. That's good. Willis or Obiel, how hard is it to steal hamburgers from Burger King? You know what? It's not hard at all if you work there. Actually, it's not probably not hard if you don't work there. You just go right, right behind the counter. I did get fired from Burger King for stealing hamburgers, though. How did you get caught then? Well, they saw me going out with the burgers. They saw me putting them in my bag, and uh, they didn't like that too much. Willis Earl Beal, there's a place called the Green Mill in Chicago, isn't there? Yeah, those bastards. I'm sorry. Uh, I heard that you were clicked off stage. What's getting clicked off stage? Not kicked, but clicked. Sons of bitches clicked me off the stage because uh, 
I, I had some bad poetry that I wanted to recite, the depths of my soul. And they didn't like the depths of my soul. What's getting clicked off stage, though? Clicked. They, like, snap and hiss. What the, I don't know what the fuck that is, but they snap and hiss. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, listen, Earl Beale, I have another gift for you, and it relates to this gentleman right here. How did you get into Jandak? You are a beautiful human being, and you know what? I would kiss you, but I'm not homosexual, so I'm going to hug you when I put these things down, because you're a gorgeous person. As you put those down, maybe you could just think for a second. Jandak, what can you tell us about Jandak? You can put that down now, Willis Earl Beale. Sure, but I, I'm trying not to. There's the important reel-to-reel there, too. I guess that is important in case the other one kicks out. You did this. Why are you so nice to me? Well, because you're Willis Earl Beale coming to Vancouver Regional Canada, and you're keeping the memory of a reel-to-reel alive. Not many artists are doing that. And Jandak, too. What can you tell the people about Jandak, Willis Earl Beale? Okay, so Jandak is awesome. He's from Texas. He's been doing this shit for since the 70s. And, uh... Corwood Industries. I, I wanted to get signed by Corwood prior to being signed by XL. So, Jandek, if you're out there, hey, man, give a nigga a shout. Well, listen, Earl Beale, did you lead Batman to the army or did Batman lead you to the army? Batman, you know what? I designed a Batman suit. You really did your homework. You're good. I designed a Batman suit because I wanted to be a crime-fighting vigilante in the army, yeah. What was your specialty in the army? Did you get to do that? No. I went to the Army because I wanted to be a crime-fighting vigilante, but that didn't work out because, as it turns out, you need real motivations to go in the Army. But uh, I was going to be a military police, believe it or not. So if you can imagine that. Willis Earl Beale, who are the hipster hop freaks? Stupid song. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Hip, it's just guys who, like, are totally adamant about what it is they're doing. I was trying to generalize it, but it, it just came out as a kind of a bad rap. And I was being cheeky. And anybody who says, well, it's a bad rap is kind of missing the point. Because there's the emo rock geeks. Who are the emo rock geeks and you have the big punk in there, too? At the time, at the time, emo was big when I first came out to Albuquerque. And that's when I wrote that song. So emo was in. But now, like, it comes off as just dated. So, yeah, just anybody who's, like, just wearing shit and thinking that they're a part of something when you can't really be a part of anything without looking like an idiot. And freewheeling like... Bob Dylan. And another gift for you, Willis Earl Beale, a Bob Dylan LP. I wish I had a record player. You got a record player in there? Well, we got the reel-to-reel. <laughs> You're halfway there, almost. <laughs> yeah, all right. Another lyric. Yes, sir. Willis Earl Beale, when you're up on stage, you're really good at performing with a drink. You're really good at holding a drink. Is it hard to perform and hold a drink at the same time? Nah, it's not did I can do it. You've said sometimes when you're up on stage, if you open your eyes wide, you'll get a slight advantage over other performers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I guess if you lock in and you've studied hypnotism, then, um, yeah, I guess you do have a slight advantage. I think that's actually true, because that's what I do to my audience now once I take the glasses off. Can you give a quick little demonstration right now for us? All righty, then. There you go. Do you, are you shocked? Willis Earl Beale, how silent do your audiences get? Yeah, you can hear a pin drop or a drink. Yeah. How about how loud do they get? They don't get loud. My audiences never get loud. Sometimes I actually, when they... When they do make noise, they're chattering, and I don't hesitate to tell them to be quiet. Do you sometimes play with a whip, Willis Earl Beale? No, I play with a belt. 
<laughs> but you do wear a cape, though, kind of on stage, right? Kind of, kind of yeah. Well, listen, Earl Beal, when you were on The X Factor, one of your friends on The X Factor was a transvestite trucker? Yeah. I wish I could remember his name. He would appreciate a shout-out. He's having troubles in his life right now. He's, uh, he's, he's like, like helping his paraplegic cousin or some shit, but uh, he was a cool guy. What sort of adventures did you guys have together? We didn't have any adventures together. I mean, we were just on the show. Anything that is anything else that's written, like we were on the road together, that's, that's, that's a lie. But we, I did meet him at the show, and he was a nice fella, and we drank together. For the finale of The X Factor, you were drunk? That's right. Yeah, I was hammered. But you had decided that the whole time you're going to go to the X Factor, you're going to be drunk for the final, right? Or was that just an impulsive thing? It was impulsive because everybody was weird, you know. I'm not weird like you, weird in a bad way. Just, you know, just like dancing and singing in the bathroom, and I couldn't take it. They had me locked up in a room, and I had to get out. I smuggled alcohol in and stayed downstairs drunk all day. Willis Earl Beal, in high school, did you make a rap tape? I did. I did. I don't remember what it said. You don't remember any of the rhymes at all? I remember the rhymes. I, I tried to forget those rhymes, but the people didn't, they didn't want to let me forget. Willis Earl Beal, how did you discover Sharkula from Chicago? I discovered Sharkula walking down the street on uh, Division in Milwaukee. I was wearing these boots that were spray painted. They were rubber boots that were spray painted silver. And my grandmother's rubber boots. And Sharkula came up to me and was like, hey, you like hip hop? He was doing this. I don't know why, but he said, do you like hip-hop? And I said, yeah, I like hip-hop. And so, uh, you know, we bargained, we haggled, and I, he gave me a CD for free. It's got Martin Luther King Jr. Whopper with cheese. And he's a real street legend, isn't he, from Chicago? What can you tell the people about Sharkula? Because he's into the art, he's into the music, just like yourself. People discovered you kind of similar way, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Actually, he's, the, he's one of the ones, him and Jandek, and one, one of the ones that motivated me to think that I could... Uh, go out to Albuquerque and leave shit around. It's just that I didn't intend for it to be heard by the whole world. I just wanted to be a little countercultural novelty. I didn't want to be like like this. But So now I'm kind of fighting against myself, you know, because people are listening to this record like it's supposed to be a real record. But I got real talent that they haven't even heard yet because they ain't came to my live shows. Well, we can switch it from records to posters. And I have another gift for you, Willis Earl Beal, a Vancouver-centric gift right here, a postcard, a Bo Diddley postcard from when Bo Diddley played in Vancouver in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, that's all right, man. These are some good-ass gifts. Because you love the Diddley, don't you? I like Bo Diddley. And if you came to Vancouver a few weeks ago, and, of course, if you went all across North America, you might have found this poster. Maybe you'd like to open this up right now, if you could, Willis Earl Beal in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Another gift for you to welcome you to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. A poster, not a record, a poster. I'm coming back to Vancouver. What do we have there? Yes. You know who it is. It's Tom Waits. Hey, buddy, wanna? Buy a record. Yeah, this is great, man. This is awesome. When did you get into Tom Waits? I walked in a fetish store on Belmont Avenue. What was the name of the store? I was curious. I don't remember. But there was this kind of fat dude in there playing Tom Waits. Mule variation specifically. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome, you know. Because I had come from listening to like Smash Mouth and Nickelback and shit. Because I was trying to get out of... So I hear, I hear Tom Waits and it's just like... And he gave it to me because he must have been flattered that a black dude could like Tom Waits or something. I don't know. Well, Nickelback will be flattered that you said that because they're from Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that Nickelback's bad or nothing. 
I'm just saying that I was listening to Q101 and it was just a different scene. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's like the Vancouver Connection. Matter of fact, I'll even say that I, I love Nickelback. I'll tell you why. I like Nickelback because there's a lot of fucking hipsters out there that don't like Nickelback. And I do the opposite of what everybody else does. Well, that's Earl Beale. In Albuquerque, you made some security logs at a La Quinta. Yeah, yeah. Who can you tell the people about those? This is amazing. What was your job and what were you drawing? Because I've seen those logs and they look great. Yeah, I wasn't drawing anything. I was just writing stuff because I was bored. And uh, the dude, uh, they fired me because I was sleeping the... Um, uh, the laundry area with this with this bum named the Colonel. We used to call him the Colonel. He smelled awful, but we had good conversations. And uh, they found me sleeping there, so they fired me. And then they, the guy was going to throw away my logs, but my coworker, who happened to be like this guy who does art and shit, saved them from putting him in the shredder, and he printed that shit out for me. And so that's pretty cool. Were you in a band in Albuquerque called the Macho Men from the flea market? <laughs> where, do you, where do you find this stuff? Why did you, I, they weren't called the Macho Men. It was a joke. It was a joke. It was me, John Mohouse, and his girlfriend, but we never actually played a show. We just practiced three times, and I suggested that that should be the name. Who's on the cover of your album right now? Is that Jessica on the cover of your album? It ain't. It ain't. That, that there is Cat Power. Well, this Earl Beale, you have a line, teeth and thighs going together, don't you? Teeth and thighs. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote that. I keep trying to figure out why did I, why would I find teeth marks in my thighs, and how would I see the teeth marks if I'm wearing pants? I don't know. Not an allusion to cat power and you hanging out or anything like that? I think it was cat power coming, coming out of the trees, since you know so much. <laughs> well, listen, Earl Beale, I heard that your next record, you kind of alluded to it, might have something to do with Screaming Jay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, I was just talking to him. That he was telling me that what an entertainer he was and how progressive he was and how he had bones coming out of his nose walking down the street in the 50s. You can see that on the back, actually. There's a little picture. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like him. I discovered him because I like Jim Jarmusch films. And he was in the hotel wearing a red suit. And uh, Jim Jarmusch likes his music. So, yeah, cool. Well, it's Earl Beale. Winding up here, what can you tell the people about the Ghost Tones? Ghost Tones are cool. Uh, that was a band I was in. You know, didn't really work out too well. Um, they helped me out. And uh, I might come back and, and do something with them. But right now, I'm trying to create my own sound. And they just wanted to play blues. And I want to do more than blues. Willis Earl Beale, you have a song called Swing On Low. Yes, Narwar, the Human Serviette, I do. And I was wondering, if you could sing a tiny little bit of that for us? Yeah, sure. Heaven lastly gave their chaos. Look around, nobody is there. There's no more last night before. Time passes through an open door. Realize that there is no floor. Calculator broken, so there is no score. Me and more manifesting more. Marks on the board, formulate folklore. Jack Hans don't cut the queen. Thrones vacant, there never was no king. 
Earl is coming with the switching of the scene. Sprout of stout, only got one beam. Enchanted, got up out of his head. Flowed down to a valley now red. Ate and drank like it never been fed. There's a new man dead from the flesh that bled. God's great till he found his fate. Parallel power at the end of the hour. Clock's dead, so there is no late. Decimate duality's tendency to cower. Shower shoes, so he lifts his fist. Caught a rare fish, number one on his list. Then let it go, cause he had the bliss. No more insistent hiss, he received the jizz. Swing on low in the flow, for the souls that don't know, now I'm whole. Amazing, Willis Earl Beal. Thank you. Thank I love the beginning of it, too, the little beat you have going there. Yeah, yeah. What's the beat for the beginning of that song, the sort of click, click, click? You mean the one on the record or the one on my live show? The one on the record. Oh, shit. Because you know what? That's a a garbage can or something and a spoon. It sounded amazing. It reminded me of a guy called Hazel Atkins, and he has a song called Chicken Walk that begins like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what I used on it. I don't remember. It sounds great. So I thought I would give you, lastly here, a Hazel Atkins record so that you can learn the song Chicken Walk because it's almost like Swing On Low. You're a hell of a good guy. I'm going to give you a hug on camera. Well, thanks so much. So people can think I'm a nice person. Really appreciate that, Willis Earl Beal. <laughs> Thank you. Lastly, Willis Earl Beal, what can you tell me about chamomile tea? How quickly does it put you to sleep? I don't drink it uh, to put me to sleep. I drink it now for my voice, but I don't know. I just like chamomile tea for some reason. I like to, I like to put whiskey in it. Jack Daniels and chamomile tea. Willis Earl Beal, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Man, shit. Thanks for the gifts. Thanks for your gifts, and thank you for yours. Well, thanks so much, Willis Earl Beal. Keep on rocking in the free world, and doot, 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 doot. Doot, doot. Look around, nobody is there. There's no more, less than before. Time passes through an open door. Realize that there is no floor. Calculator broken, so there is no score. Me more, manifest in or. Marks on the board, formulate folklore. Jack of hearts, don't court the queen. Thrones vacant, there never was no king. Earl is coming with a switch and another scene. Sprout is stalk, only got one bean. Enchanted, got up out of his head. Throw down to a valley now red. Ate and drink, like he never been fed from liquid in the flesh that bled. Four is great till he found his fate. Parallel power at the end of the hour. Clock stairs, so there is no late. There's a main duality, tendency to cower. Shower sure, so he lifts his fist. Caught a rare fish, number one on his list. Then let it go, cause he had the bliss. No more insisting his seriously the gist. Swing on low in the flow for the souls that don't know now I'm whole. Swing on low in the flow for the souls that don't know now I'm whole. Swing on low, swing on low, swing on low. Swing on low. Big punk 
small time, still in my prime. Send the coke through the loop of a satisfied band. I'm the bunny rock hopper, derelict so down. I'ma dance in a trance till they put me in a pound. I ain't satisfied unless I'm acting a fool. I'm the caffeinated chap, microphone is my tool. I'm shiver fit, pissed with a shovel in my fist. Got my graveyard boots as a hat in the mist. I'm a fiend for the feeling, got a bone like a rocket. With a motor so loco, no bozos can stop it. Frogman hop it at the wall, I can't knock it. Thundercloud or chitter chatter, don't matter if I drop it. One hand in my pocket, the other on the bar sitting back on the seat. In the night I'm going far Cocoa butter on my hands Potpourri on my pants I'm sitting still on the side Because I know in advance Swing on low in the flow For the souls that don't know that I'm whole Swing on low in the flow For the souls that don't know that I'm whole Swing on low 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 still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there Willis Earl Beal with Swing On Low. And before that, an interview with, from Chicago, Illinois, Willis Earl Beal. Coming up, an interview with DJ Premier. And right now, to prepare to, to get you ready, as I always say over and over again. Actually, I've never said... Let's time. Let's all get ready for DJ Premier. This is the first time I've ever interviewed DJ Premier, legendary producer, part of Gang Star. Coming up, an interview with DJ Premier. Gonna play something to prepare you to get you ready for DJ Premier. Captain Sky, Super Sporm. Here's Captain Sky with Super Sporm, and then an interview with DJ Premier on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Show! Not war, human serviette radio. Show!
introduce you to an intimate relationship between you and I called Bansual Intercourse. The initial procedure in developing a very close yet very far mental and physical experience is spearheaded by allowing concerned party number one, which is me, and concerned party number two, which is you, to become musically aroused.
Who are you? I'm DJ Premier. DJ Premier, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thanks for having me. DJ Premier, right off the bat, how many times have you sampled James Brown? <laughs> many times. And I was thinking, you probably have quite a few James Brown records, don't you? Quite a few is, uh, is, is a little small. Quite a lot. So I thought to welcome you to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, I would give you a James Brown poster. Oh, all right. Yeah. James Brown from the Rhode Island Auditorium. Nice. What year is this? I'm guessing mid-60s, perhaps. I like that. I like it. I'm a James Brown addict. See what I'm saying? I'm him in another life. Did you ever see James Brown perform at the Rhode Island Auditorium? Not at the Rhode Island Auditorium, but I saw him when I was five years old, and I didn't know that men could do the split until I saw him do it. So I, I didn't try it because I didn't want my privates to get hurt, but gotta love James Brown. So you're here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada with Bumpy Knuckles. He's not here right now, but I understand that Bumpy Knuckles, one of his earlier gigs, he played with the Cold Crush. Absolutely. Uh, actually, our release party on March 27th, the day of the release of the album and his and Bumpy's birthday, uh, the Cold Crush came through as just a hang. We saw them on the side of the stage, so we brought them on. And then I, I saw Tony Tone and said, uh, you know, you want me to throw something on? And I said, matter of fact, he said, what do you have? And then... I said, you get on the turntables, and I, and I put the record up and let him scratch on, on the wheels, and I just sat there and watched like a, like a kid on Christmas. But I understand, though, that the Knuckles also met Cold Crush in like the seventh grade. He goes way back. Did he back them up in grade seven? Oh, well, uh, the, the, during during the, the the release party, we just were just so taken aback by <clears throat> the fact that they did the whole routine right there on the stage, and all of them it, did it like flawless, like if it was, you know, back in the 70s when they used to do the, the, the parties and stuff, pre-records, and we were just blown away, man. So just have them seeing Eric B. stand on stage still looking like the same Eric B. with the braids and the mean mug face and all that, and we, it, was, it was it's definitely history in, 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 our, in our record books. DJ Premier, specifically Cold Crush, I want to ask you about Grandmaster Kaz right here. What can you tell the people about your interactions with the Kaz? Well, we call him Casanova Fly, which is, he, he, he has many names. Casanova Fly, GMC, he's a DJ and an MC, he's one of the first DJ MCs, you know, besides like DJ Hollywood or, you know, with Pete DJ Jones and, uh, um, uh, who else would I say? Uh, Eddie Chiba, you know, people like that. And uh, Love Bug Starsky, you know. So this dude right here, man. Can I have this? Uh, no. <laughs> we'll see about that. No, no, but on, on, on the reels, I mean, this is one of the greatest MCs of of my influence in hip-hop, uh, being that I'm 46 years old, and I was brought up on a different level of what makes me respect the game to be who I am as DJ Premier, the artist, the producer, the entrepreneur, and just everything involved with hip-hop and life. So, Kaz is the man. DJ Premier, was Captain Sky the first rap song that you ever heard? Super Sporm. No. This is not the first rap record I ever heard. King Tim III was the first record I ever heard. You know, and then even James Brown just, just you know, talking through the, through the, through the groove and then singing late on in the, after seven, eight, nine minutes into a song. But this is one of the greatest records of hip-hop, and it's not a rap. It's an actual you know, singing the record, but this is one of the illest classic breaks ever, and you have it on 45. Can I have this, too? I'm not sure about that one there, but DJ Premier, I was wondering, 
Craig G. Was he the first rapper that you ever met? Yes. First rapper I ever met. And I'm a big Juice Crew fan to this day because of Marley Marley being my idol. And for Craig G to be on the phone with Guru at his apartment, he's saying, yo, Craig G's here. I'm like, for real? He said, you want to talk to him? Made my made my whole life. Uh, so And then big shout to Craig because we still bug out and hang out to this day. You can put those records down if you want there for a second, if you want there, DJ Premier, because I want to ask you about right here, Freddie Fox. Yeah, somebody else bumped your girl. One of the most classic records, you know, the the master LP, and uh, this was a very, very underground record back, back in, in, in the 80s, so... Ladies, what about this particular release, DJ Premier? It was not released. Why was this Freddie Fox not released? So tough. Well, for one, the Sid version is the one that we like because he shot the video to the Sid version. Sid version is it on, is it on here? Yeah, Sid's Mellow Mix. This one is what made us start to want to go to the gym. Shout out to my man Mike Rome from the Gangstar Foundation and Forbid. He used to come to my house and go, yo, I'm going to start working out in the gym because of that video. Because he was curling the 40-pound dumbbells. And uh, this made us want to really, really start, you know, being like bumpy knuckles, even physically. So I don't know why it wasn't released uh, past this point, but the video was big in New York. Big time. Video Music Box was all over. And that was our MTV at that time. Major record. I love that Freddie Fox, DJ Premier, even has a kind of slip mat, doesn't he? Oh, wow. Yeah, shout out to John Cena, too, man. I mean, he is a real diehard hip-hop fan. You can talk hip-hop like the way we're talking, and he knows his shit. And uh, got to give it to John Cena and shout out to the whole WWE. I want to ask you a bit more about the good old Bumpy... Knuckles. Bumpy Knuckles. What can you tell the people about King's son? Oh, legendary, man. Shout out to, to King's son. Shout out to Jersey. One of the illest records ever. Mythological rapper and Hey Love. Dynamite stuff way before this album, before XL dropped. This is Zakia Records days when Eric B and Rakim was still on that label. King Sun was on the same label then. And those are my two favorite records, Mythological Rapper and Hey Love. And Freddie Fox was on there, too. He's on Zakia. Mm -hmm. Shout to that. What about the Cutmaster? What can you tell people about the Cutmaster DC? This is the pre-logo of Zakia before they started having the, the, the pyramid and the hand and everything. And I had the, the, these, the pyramid hand version, but then one day I found the orange copy of this and bought it just because it was not the same as the original Zakia, the, the second Zakia pressing. So Brooklyn's in the house. Is, is it Rox the Best or in the house? Which one? This is the Christmas one. Okay, yeah, well, there's Brooklyn's in the house and there's Brooklyn Rocks the Best. This one is the second single. First single was Brooklyn's in the house. And Kamasa DC, rest in peace to Justo, who used to do the mixtape awards. The last one he did before he died, I'm walking backstage to go make, and make a presentation to the DJs for the nominees. And Kamasa DC, who I'd never met, walks up to me and has a kind of look on his face like, almost like he knows I'm not going to recognize him, which I didn't. He walks up to me and goes, hey, uh, <clears throat> just want to say what's up to you. I love your music. I'm Cutmaster DC. And I said, oh, my God. And I bowed to him. He looked like he was just so happy that I didn't just say, oh, yeah, how you doing? And, you know, brush him off. We respect our peers and the elders of this game that opened the doors for, for us. Cutmaster DC. The bomb right here, man. I heard that he had like three turntables. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw him do the sneakers and the basketballs on the wheels. First person I ever saw do that. Legendary. DJ, DJ Premier, how did cab drivers help hip-hop? 
Well, cab drivers used to carry the the mixtapes back in the days before it was on vinyl, and and it would always be the after day, the literally the day after all of the all of the parties were pre recorded, not what yeah, we were recorded live at the gigs. So you know, back at the Harlem World, T Connection, uh, this is before the rooftop. This is the early days. You'd have Cold Crush tapes. You'd have Globe and Wiz Kid. You'd have uh, Bambada. You'd have. Uh, Jazzy J, Funky Four Plus One at the at the Audubon Ballroom, like stuff, real rare stuff. And it was only through the cabs because during that time, Forty Second Street in Manhattan, even though I didn't officially live here yet, I know the history. They used to be the only one, only really true access to to, to all of these tapes, and they would flip them. Now, speaking of tapes and stuff, did you ever go after bootleggers like MOP? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. With baseball bats? Um, just... Have you seen that footage of MOP going after bootleggers with baseball bats? I've been in brawls with MOP, too, so... <laughs> uh, quite a few of uh, fist fights with MOP I've been in, and uh, luckily I still look pretty ugly, but, uh, you know, other than that, uh, I've been... I used to have that type of temperament as well, and, and, it, and but at the same time, you also felt good that your stuff was bootlegs. That meant it was popular, and they had every one of our albums. DJ Premier, I'm so happy that you sampled Screaming Jay Hawkins for put a spell on you for Notorious B.I.G. Kicking the door, and uh, this is a legendary song. And uh, I see, yeah, I see TV commercials all the time using the original, and we made a banger. Was Biggie was he down with Screaming Jay Hawkins? Yes, he was. Rest in peace to B.I.G. Because I think that's how mate, sorry, his hat just fell off there. Yeah, it's all good. Did he lose his hat a lot when he was in the studio, B.I.G.? What was he like in the studio? A lot of things in the studio, but one thing I'll say is he is a beast in the booth. In what way? Didn't write his rhymes. Uh, you know, Bumpy Knuckles said something that was really ill, and uh, Tretch said it in the Art of Rap movie, <clears throat> that even though some people don't write their rhymes down, <clears throat> it's good that you write them down, at least on paper, so you have documentation years and years down the line when kids, you know, 500 years from now can see what you scribed. You know what I'm saying? Even though the voices and the records will still have that, it's just still, damn, there's the writings, the actual way he wrote the pen. I have all the grooves, uh, whole entire Moment of Truth album, even the B-sides, you know, handwritten on just scrunches of paper. And just to look at it again, how he used to write and reminisce on all that stuff, it's powerful stuff. And Tupac's lyrics, didn't Bumpy Knuckles get some of Tupac's lyrics too? He's got some of those? Yeah, yeah, Bumpy's got a lot of cool, cool stuff. He's even got dope stuff with Tupac that he played me the other day. So dope that... That uh, Pac always, you know, recognized real early in his career and been bumpy. Well, Freddie Fox at that time was one of them. I love it. Screaming Jay Hawkins for Biggie and for Christina Aguilera, you gave a little bit of the... Uh, oh, for the... Uh, this is um, Jimmy Castor Bunch. And what did we use that for? That was for back in the day. Yeah. What we're going to do right here is go back. So did Christina... So that's why I'm saying it. So did Christina Aguilera know about the Jimmy Castor at all? No, I, I just pieced all that together at the beginning. Um, she, but she was just so open to all the ideas that we laid out. And then, like, she she gave a lot of ideas, too. Like, oh, you should put a scratch there. You should put this here. Put that there. And, and we tried, and it would work. She's really calculated on what she wants. Recipes of Jimmy Castor, too. And I love, DJ Premier, that you did something with the Dream Wars. This isn't what you did, but tell the people the Dream Wars. They're kind of slept on, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, we we toured with them. Canadian. Yeah, we toured with them uh, back in 1989, 1990 with uh, Michi Me, who's also Canadian, and also yes, Michi Me, no known for the good old. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is Jamaican funk. Yeah, 
Uh, but shout to Missy Me, shout to King of Chill, the whole First Priority Music family. We were all on the road together, you know, and, and we were, me and him were just talking about her the other day. And <clears throat> my artist on my label, Panchi from NYG's, just Instagrammed a picture of females in rap from back in that era. <clears throat> Missy Me is in the picture with Sparky D, Millie Jackson, who's really one of the first female rappers, and uh, MC Light, Miss Melody, Sweet Tea, Finescence and Quiz. And uh, it's like two other females. I, I got to relook at it. But he just, while we were stuck in immigration, going through all the hell in, in, in Vancouver's airport, we, I'm, I'm sitting there. He's saying, figure out who all the people are. And Mishimi was one of them. Dream Warriors, so amazing. Yeah, man. Uh, we, we did a few records. We did Project Thing, and we did a record uh, with Guru called I Lost My Ignorance and Don't Know Where to Find It. I remember we did it out in Europe. I wasn't used to making beats away from my home, but I did it. We did construct it all off the head. It got done and came out, and it was a nice, a nice jam. And shout out to those fellas, man. Good people, real good people. DJ Premier, here you are in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Yeah. And right here in Vancouver, BC, Canada, the Bible, the foundation of hip-hop was recorded. Do you know that? The incredible... Bongo band, yes. Can you turn it over? Where does it say it's recorded? Uh, Can Bay Studios, Vancouver. Wow. Okay. Okay. Did you know that this was recorded in Vancouver? No, I did not. Because no. this is kind of an important record, isn't it? Oh, no question. Apache, uh, Sing, Sing, Sing. Uh, uh, one I won't talk about that I use for a certain song to the Gangstar Foundation. <laughs> Thank you, Beasting Open, for your samples. Some rappers, they don't want to talk about it in producers today. Yeah, yeah, and they don't want to get their ass kicked. That's why I gave you the poster. A poster is safe, isn't it? No question. Another sample I want to ask you about, a legendary break. These guys, Maze. What can you tell people about Maze? In Texas, where I'm originally from, if you say anything bad about Maze and Frankie Beverly, your ass is getting kicked, and I will be one of them to kick it. This, these are the, one of the ultimate, ultimate soul groups of any era. And shout out to Frankie Beverly, who has one of the most illest voices ever. He was one of the first people I ever saw on stage with uh, had so much hair on his chest it looked like he had an afro on his chest. So you know, and he he could sing, and he always wore that same exact baseball hat. I, I, I mean, he must have a million of uh, copies of them because they were all the same style. You know, so it was like a half baseball, half golf, half uh, Frankie Beverly hat. Another foundation of hip hop, right there with the bongo band. Oh, no question. No question. And one other one there, DJ Premier, the Amen Break. Wow, okay. Uh, shout out to the Amen Brother Break. Amen Break. <clears throat> it's helped me by me saying amen and giving thanks. <laughs> amen, brother. You have a song on the new LP, Bumpy Knuckles and You, called The Gangstar Bus? Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> it was a track that I actually... I put out a, a, a instrumental series called B-Set Collected Dust, Volume 1 and 2. Volume 2 had a track that was a Gangstar track that we never used for a Moment of Truth album. It was like one of our grand finale records. I gave Bumpy the instrumentals. He said, I'm going to do rhymes to every instrumental, and you just take what you want. And when he did Gangstar Bus, he called me and said, hey, <clears throat> I did this one about when we were on tour with Gangstar, and when it happened to be that particular track, I, I called him back and said, yo, that was a Gangstar track. That's crazy that, you, that that track out of the 11 tracks made you decide to write about that. So that's one of my favorite songs, very heartfelt. Everything he spoke on, everybody remembered, and we lived that. Good memories. Was Guru's dad a judge? 
First black Supreme Court judge in Boston, Massachusetts. Did he help it? Did he help at all with your contracts at all in Gangstar? No, he's not an entertainment lawyer. And then on top of that, Gangstar already existed before I joined the group. So when I joined, uh, it was 1989, actually 88. Uh, but 89 is when we dropped our album. 88, and it was right before the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, I went back home for Thanksgiving. We cut Manifest that day before. <clears throat> Got a call that Molly Ma was going to premiere it on the show and open up the show. I flew back to New York just to listen. And he started the show with Manifest. The original version, not the remix that we shot the video. The album version. It's a little slower, less production in it. But he, we got it done. And it's one of the best parts of my my career was hearing Molly Maul cut my record up <clears throat> on WBLS on the In Control show at that time. It wasn't Mr. Magic's Rap, Rap Attack. They had already had their split, but In Control show. <clears throat> P-Rock was actually on the wheels. You also have the track Tunzo... Guns. Tons of guns. Where you sample Malcolm X. By all means necessary, man. Malcolm X is the dude. I mean, much love and respect to him and his legacy. And, you know, we were always about anything that just sounded rebellious with the fist up and just saying, you know, F it. And he is, he definitely has a lot of things that tie into our views on life and Guru's strong lyrics and just our delivery of how we put our hip hop. And his records are kind of hard to come by, aren't they? Where did you get your Malcolm X records? Um, probably at uh, at that time, Footlight Records, when they were open. Now they're an online store. They're not open physically, but Footlight had a lot of spoken word records, and they always had Malcolm X joints. DJ Premier, what does this record right here mean to you? All I can say is I love this record. <laughs> <laughs> Mass appeal? Love this record. Because <laughs> hip-hop heads were really looking hard for connections between Gangstar and Vic Juris. I hear you, and I love this record. That's all I can say. I love this record. <laughs> Here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada with DJ... Premier. And DJ Premier, did you really see Suge and Ice Cube fight? I saw Ice Cube coming out when we were... Go we were it was a Gangstar show. Backstage, it was with WC in the Mad Circle. Master Ace was just joining our management team, so we said, "Come with us to LA." And the first day I ever met MC80, had two beepers on his hip. I was like, "Wow, I've never seen people with somebody wear two pages on his hips." And we got cool, and that's how I met Compton's Most Wanted and their crew. It, Cube had just left NWA. We knew there was tension, but we didn't know what degree because it was our first time going to Cali and experiencing that level of the game and all that. And you know, Suge was down with uh, Eazy-E at the time as far as wherever they were rolling. So Eazy was not there. I met Ren. I was excited just to see all the NWA members. And uh, we're about to go on stage. And we had an intro. And we're standing by the door. And J.J. Fad standing by me. I'm like, oh, shit, J.J. Fad. And just be just excited to just be there. And also I see a ruckus. And I just see, you know. Cube, but Cube's throwing his fist. He, we, he wasn't punking out at all. Shout to Ice Cube, shout to the whole crew. And uh, all you just saw was just the whole bing, 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 back and forth. No one got knocked out, no one got beat up. But there was a, you know, I, from what I can remember, I saw Shook somewhere in that vicinity, you know what I'm saying? But there, no, one, uh, no one came out unconscious. DJ Premier, you did a great joint with Jazz O, 718. Oh, wow. That's a Mobilary. Shout to Jazzo and the whole of Mobilary. Uh, good record. Uh, you know, just was adding on to, the, to the, the, the new movement that he had going. And, 
you know, representing Kings County. What can you tell the people about Jazz-O, especially the early Jazz-O with Jay-Z? This is the, uh, this is actually the, the album that actually brought Jay-Z to the forefront with Originators because Jazz-O was one of the first ones on, on the East Coast doing the fast tongue rolling things, uh, tongue rolling style real fast and, that's you know we knew Jay Z from when Hawaiian Sophie came out, and we knew Jay just from being on the block and everything. When we see him at Mars and the Milky Way, the Payday, all the hip hop clubs underground, uh, back in, the, in that era, and he'd come in with the big dookies. Uh, you can see him on the back there, actually. Yeah, yep, and he'd have that chain on too. And we all used to wear these hats. Where we, we, we used to we used to call it the Bell Hat. I had one. Shout to Vic Black. We, we used to rock those heavy. They, they had just come out, so whatever flavor was popping, we'd get it. But Jay always had the heavy chains. Every time I saw him, he always had the rings and everything. So he, he looked healthy and uh, paid back then. So whether he was or not, he had the right appearance. And uh, it's the first time uh, you know I heard him rhyme, besides just doing the ad-libs on Hawaiian Sophie, to, for, to see him really spit. <clears throat> and we saw him do it live. So they showed that they were beyond, you know, another level of the game. How did they work together live? What was it like, the dynamic? Just, uh, Jay used to be more, you know, just the hype man or whatever and just do his part. But he let Jazzo do his thing. But still, he always made sure Jay got some shine. What can you tell the people there, DJ Premier, about Divine Force? Man. They big up to both of them, Divine Sounds and Divine Force. I mean, <clears throat> they're, they're like so legendary in my era <clears throat> era because they represent just pure hard beats, hard lyrics and you know the Sir Abu I mean one of, one of the illest, hardest rappers back then and he was a 5 percenter. so during that era we were really into the whole 5 percent nation thing, all of us was trying to be practicing Muslims in the street and still doing the wrong thing and Sir Abu, holy war man one of the illest, illest records ever DJ Premier, you love the ladies, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> just like LL. <laughs> this is kind of an overload here, but I thought I would ask you, since you're an amazing producer and a hip-hop historian, what can you tell the people about all these records that I put out here? First off, this is family on top of family. This Lady of Rage. Yes, uh, one of the, what the you know, the, the, the only sister of Death Row besides, you know, shout to Jewel and all of them and everybody else that was part of the Death Row family, but as far as MCing and really commanding the stage and being a a lyrical murderer rage man she's she's still the bomb we're working together now and big shout out to her and her kids her family she's a real g and she will whip your ass if you front on her she did security at one time didn't she yeah at the palladium that's how that's the day she told me that she just signed the death row and it was a new label and she and i like to fight play fight a lot i'm talking about but like really aggressive because she's really that strong and i let's put it this way i've seen her him up guys in the death row camp, I'm not going to remain nameless, where they couldn't even get out of her grasp. And me and her would go at it the same way. She's seen me also get into fights and beef and stand my ground as a man and of uh, respect. And she don't play. And and she she's really strong, but I can always get get that last little crack to get her off me. But you don't want to bully with her. She gets it in. And she is straight. Lady of Rage. And then we have Extra Extra. Oh, shout out to Paula Perry, man. Shout out to the original INC, which is Master Ace's crew, the INC. And shout out to Paula Perry, one of my favorite records I've ever produced. And underneath, we have the... Oh, Bahamadia, part of the Gangstar Foundation guru, uh, uh, brought her into the fold, and rest in peace to him. And she's definitely one of the illest lyricists to this day. Uh, you know, everything we ever did, you know, Total Wreck blew me away when I heard it. Guru played it for me one day. We were riding around the city, and... 
I was like, I want to work with her, and hey, through the hallway, it became one of our bangers. And underneath there, sure enough, there's Guru. Uh, what's that? Uh, Guru of Gangsta. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see? Ill, shout to Ill Kid, man. You know, forever living on in my heart, man. So, yeah, Ill Kid Music, and there's the logo. And we will be putting out Ill Kid product, too, so be on the lookout for that through Gangstar Enterprises uh, online store. DJ Premier here analyzing female rappers. Oh, Michelle with the really, really high-pitched, you know, I don't know, squeaky voice, but could sing like a woman that was fatter than two tons of fun. Michelle is the, the bomb. You know, there's Dre's, Dr. Dre's, you know, former love, and, you know, I think mother of one of his seeds, and she, she's, she's, she's an incredible artist. And Nikki D. Shout to Nick, man. This is part of Lady of Rage. When I met Rage, I was at Nikki D's party. And I was giving them a ride home to Brooklyn because we lived near Chub Rock at the time. And Biggie, but we didn't really know Biggie like that yet. But Chub Rock was our neighbor. And I had I was testing out the, the Stephanie Arena cassette for approval so we could get it pressed up. And I put on precisely the right rhymes. And I had a dope system in my MPV. And when the 808 hit... Rage goes, ooh, damn, that 808. And I'm like, she acting like she's just had sex or something. And I turn around, like, what you know about 808? She goes, I work in the studio at Chung King. I'm like, you do? Say, yeah, and that's how we met. But we were leaving Nikki D's party. They all had Def Jam jackets on, and they all had Glock uh, uh, 9 millimeters in their, in their jackets. I was like, these girls are for real. Shout to Nikki. Shout to Terrible T. That's her sister. And Rage. This is family to the heart. All the time that I love Nick. And DJ Premier underneath, we have Boss. Oh, shout out to Boss, man. A uh, mix that never came out. Deeper remix. Uh, Recipe of a hoe. Yeah, yeah. Boss was a problem, man. The first time I met her, she walked in with two big 40 ounces of OE, which was my drink of choice at the time, and blah, blue dickies and a scully pull low and our, and our lokes. And she's like, yeah, what up? You know, and I was like, oh, you ready to record? And we did our thing, and she just recut the vocals to my beat. It didn't get used, but shot the ball. She definitely made an impact in hip-hop. And uh, I don't remember if she brought that gum, but she was definitely raw. DJ Premier knows everything. Yeah. Shout to Antoinette. You know, they used to call her like a fake rock him, but to us, she was really raw, hardcore. We're big fans of Antoinette, still am. And I got an attitude, was D-Jam. I know her and MC Light had a big battle and a big beef for a minute, and it got ugly, but uh, I respect the both of them. Antoinette, another female MC that you can't front on. What do we have here, DJ Premier? Cat, this was during the... Well, they were signed to Luke Skywalker back in the day when it was Luke Skywalker Records before they changed it to Luke because Star Wars and uh, George Lucas got at him and said change the name, so it became Luke Records, but... Dan Cat, man, real grimy, straight, Miami-based, raw female rap shit. Lovely ladies, too, eh? Yeah, oh, hey, no doubt. I mean, listen to the lyrics. <laughs> Did you premiere another female rocker? Entice, man. Uh, I remember when Stu Fine said, hey, hey, Chris. He used to call me Chris. That's my name. He go, Chris, uh, what do you think of it, this girl? And uh, that's how he talked, and he gave me the Entice record. And it was actually this one, and uh, I said, yo. Sounds good. Put it out. And here it is. He put it out. DJ Premier, I was asking about sampling and stuff, but I want to ask you, do you ever sample eight tracks at all? Like, here's the last poet. I'm looking for an eight-track machine right now because I'm going to start collecting them because we have stores of people in New York that, that, that carry hip-hop eight tracks, and I want to collect, like, old stuff like this, like... What was his last? Oh, yeah, the Madness last, last, last Poets. Blondie, wow. The Auto-American. 
Well, that's Rapture on there. Is that the first rap eight track? That's 1980. Were there rap eight tracks you've seen before then? No. No, I saw this before. I would see any rap eight tracks. I can't even think what that rap eight track I've seen. I was just, I was in the, you know, Parliament and Bootsy back then and things like that, but, and Isaac Hayes and... Do you acknowledge Rapture as the first sort of rap song sung by a female that kind of had mainstream success? Kind of in the mainstream era of it because, you know, she wasn't really saying nothing in the rhyme, but she said Fat Five Freddy and back then, Fat Five Freddy was well respected. He still is well respected in the game, but, you know, back then, you know, he was known for graffiti and art and just being around the early parts of hip-hop and then he did Chandra Beat, which everybody knows the ah, and this fresh is from that record, so he's legendary with that. Shout out to Celluloid Records for putting that record out. It's very, very classic. Winding up here with DJ Premier, I want to ask you lastly about Rodney O. Holy. I went to, this is one of my favorite DJs, Joe Cooley. He's the first DJ I, that <clears throat> I learned the concept of DJs in L.A. DJs in L.A. play everything fast because uh, I went to college with L.A. DJs. And they say, man, all of y'all New York dudes, y'all always put it on plus two and zero. We put ours on plus eight and battle everybody. And that's with him, Dre, Dr. Dre. I saw Dr. Dre spin in my school, all of this in, my, in 1984. And they came down and, and performed too. And <clears throat> I saw Joe Cooley at Soundcheck just doing all these crazy routines. And this is way before Serato and computers. And he's one of the illest ever to get on the wheels. And, and their look. To ever battle in New York too at the New Music Seminar. And their look too is incredible, isn't it? Finger waves. Well, being up from the South, finger waves and, and, and all that. And Jerry Curls and. You know, that that whole thing was normal where we're from. It wasn't that, that big in New York at the time, but Texas and southern region, West Coast is very country in reality, and those are for those IS styles. I have another gift for you, DJ Premier, and it's right here. It's some Yo! MTV rap cards. All right, yeah. I was just watching the the uh, history of Yo! MTV raps. Rest in peace to Ted Demi, who created that show. Shout out to Amanda Shear, his wife, and... Uh, you know, the, I remember when these came out, I, I probably had some stash somewhere. Well, what's interesting is there's also these cards, not MTV cards, that you're on. Check this out. Do you remember the rap pack? What can you tell people about this? Dude, I remember these. I actually got them right before Christmas, and I gave one to my sister before they had kids, and uh, both of my sisters before they had kids. And, and I remember that I was like, why would they take a picture of us from a video interview and freeze it? That's from an interview that we did uh, when we did our first press kit for EMI and when we were on Chrysalis and that's where they got the picture of me from. And underneath it, there's another one here. Okay, yep. And that's the, that's the 183rd Street in the Bronx where I met Panchi from the NYGs and I also met uh, Malachi the Nutcracker, Smiley the Ghetto Child and that's how we became put together with the Gangstar Foundation and uh, that's, that's how this all came about. And I also threw in a few other ones that were in the pack there. Do you see what else is in the pack? Wow, Harmony. Beat shot the Boogie Down Productions and KRS-One and Heather B. This is part of the, the extended family of BDP and the, the whole uh, 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 human, uh, human uh, what was it? Human, what was it? Heal. Human Education Against Lies? Yeah, Heal. Shot the KRS-One. And there's another one there, too, that I found. Wow. Who you bumped into the other night, didn't you? Shout to Kid and Play. Shout to Play. Uh, actually, shout to his artist, O'Hanny, who I just played his record on my radio show, which is on for every Friday night from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time on Live from Headquarters. Sirius XM Channel 44, Hip Hop Nation is the station. 
and we, we play the most underground, groundbreaking records. We break nothing but new stuff, and play is back into the game, and Kid and Play are back together doing some things, so uh, they're doing... Are they looking kind of like that? Yeah, yeah they're, doing, they're in good shape. He's really taking care of himself, and they're doing a reunion tour, except there's no flat top. And underneath there is another one. How come he's in the rap pack, Gerardo? Hey, man, uh, um, Rico Suave. Who doesn't know that record in hip-hop? And then he became an executive at Interscope, which led him to start signing uh, Enrique Iglesias and people like that, and that's big money. So he's actually sitting good, or like we used to say back then, sitting fat, even though you don't see him like that anymore. Right beside Gangstar and Harmony. Yeah, back then, I mean, it was official. So, he, he you know, he, he was rhyming, and he, he really is street. He's, you know, he's from the streets. He, 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 knows, he, know, he knows the hood, so you got to give it up to him. Gerardo knows his stuff. Lastly, lastly here, DJ Premier, the ladies, are you down with the exploitation nudie record? Oh, yeah, of course. Come on, man. I mean, all the Rudy Ray Moore records and and LaWanda uh, <clears throat> Page and, you know, uh, who else? Um, Ray and Red Fox, Richard Pryor on Laugh Records, you know what I'm saying? We used to always be like, oh, it's LAFF and, you know, and, and just all the dirty talk. And my parents used to hide these and we always knew where they hit them. And we'd wait for them to go to work or just be gone and pull them out. And that was the A-Track days, and I'd pop it in. I remember my mother had Lady Sings the Blues on A-Track. And I didn't know it had a lot of the dialogue from the movie. And, you know, even when the, the hookers, you know, put the money on the table and they grab it, grab the money with their genitalia, I didn't know what that meant. And <clears throat> and then uh, Billy D. Williams holds the money out to Diana Ross, and she won't pick it up with her genitalia. And he goes, and the famous line that anybody knows about Lady Sings the Blues you want my arm to fall off? Ask anybody that's black that knows that era. We know that line. DJ Premier, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Shout to Nardwar uh, for having me here. Shout to everybody in Canada. Shout to everybody in Vancouver. Shout to everybody in the world that loves life. You know what I'm saying? Good or bad times, that's life, but love it. Well, thanks so much, DJ Premier. Keep on rocking in the free world and yeah. do do the loot do do do. This guy is nuts. Got a little nod while. I can see it now, you're home alone, check it I'm 
on your fire escape. Looking at you, check. I got the duct tape, check. I got the apple about to grab you up from the back of your rabbit drive for that surprise look. Knowing you're shook, touch on sudden off the hook. Brook numb, get them designed, close the book. We get to submitting love, niggas that wear buzz, claiming to be thugs and chicks that's gossiping too much. I hold a grudge, what? Thug a war, prepare for the mud, what? P. Perry, sister Slash, getting down and dirty on your head. Ain't nothing y'all can do when here, I swear. Every time you hear something, I drop. Make sure you hear it. Extra, extra, read the headlines. We playing landmines. We get up in that ass at time. You better ask somebody. Don't die. Fast hotties. What, what we think of Bobby? My prerogative like Bobby Brown. We get down and get around like pop. Y'all sit around and watch. I blow the spot in these spots. The tunnel SOs, vertigo, showing love to my Latinos. 9-8. Setting them straight, sipping V8, familiar face, in any place we lay, for your gamblers, you're gonna ace, elaborate my hit with paper mates, I'm trying to escalate to the rooftop, I used to sell blue tops, got credit from the weed spot, from Trini with the dreadlocks, when I broke I still smoke a lot, joke a lot, cool cops, gave a bitch props, only faggots bust shots, while kids be playing hopscotch, in broad day, folk knocks, every day around the way you stay hot, SG, too hot for TV, Track for GP, signs are still done deal, it's real, it's real. Uh. Best. 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 Best.
nor perpetrate. Right now, I'm going to give the story straight. The heart of Ed Stein is where I reign. Roosevelt Projects from where I came. Yes, I'm the cutting master, and I'm here to say, Brooklyn has the best DJ. You say to yourself, how can that be? Because the best DJ happens to be me. Word. 
Still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Cutmaster DC with Brooklyn Rocks the Best. And before that, Paula Perry with Extra Extra. And before that, an interview with DJ Premier. To end the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, I will end the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show on a letter that I got. Again, if anybody has any music they'd like to send to me to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, please send it to me and I will play it. You can reach me at nardwar at nardwar.com and I can give you the mailing address or you can email me mp3s if you like, etc. And this is something that was mailed to me. Good afternoon, dear Nardwar. My name is Notes Floats, a hip-hop artist, MC producer. I would like to put out a record on Nardwar Records. Peace and thanks, Notes Floats. Now, unfortunately, Nardwar Records has not really been putting out a lot of records, like one a year for the past 20 years. So, Notes Floats, I don't think Nardwar Records is going to be able to put out your record. But Nardwar to Human Serviette can play your song on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. And that's what we're going to hear right now. And Notes Floats goes on to say, On this CD are my two latest jams. Currently working on an all-live album, and I have an instrumental record ready to go and some more my latest record the transfer features grand wizard theodore right now we are going to hear from notes floats track two of his release on the nardwar to human serviette radio show and it is called we will find out what it is called on the nardwar to human serviette radio show by removing the cd right here it is called voodoo this is Voodoo Doll by Notes Floats on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Again, if anybody has anything you'd like to send to me, nardwar at nardwar.com. And I can give you my mailing address where you can mail stuff or you can send me MP3s or just go to nardwar.com and click on Nardwar Records like Notes Floats did and my address is there as well. So thanks for listening. Thanks for sending. And Notes Floats, this is for you. This is your song on an Artward Human Serviette radio show. Do 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 do. Notes floats. Dodger more bull than a matador, that's for sure. No dilly dally like Salvador. It's not the time to be abstract, more like full of fact, exact. Ill in the head, and the music is a medicine. Got guards to the gates of the demons who lesser men. If you know, send it to my PO. Box shine just like the rocks in a geo. Mental disturbance like airplane turbulence. Overwhelming sometimes it gets to the point when it's smoking the joint. I'm breathing deeper under my balls. Calls vibrates from the beeper. Nowadays, you know, it's the cell phone. Waiting around for that one call. So while we're waiting, who's got the voodoo doll? I like to call on them. They're coming. Oh, with walking feet. Oh, shit. Walking. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Shango. I like to call on them. Oh, shit. Bacala. 
telling me, excuse me, may I interrupt the puppet action? Messing with my progress while I'm trying to get some satisfaction. At last, peace, just relaxing, even kill, level, fuck the devil. Devil is a meanie in the imagination. Send it away on a permanent vacation. Bye-bye, sabotaging on vacay. With the doll, you can play this, don't torture it every day. Give it back, send the wrong hands. No electrocuted by wearing rubber bands. Prayers and force fields, powered by the mind. Sweet and sour is always combined, easy to find. Just a remind, here we go, check out the love-hate ratio. To every good one, hater by one, they are loved by 50. Ain't that nifty.